insights of successful women leaders. I'm your host, Sherry Hilton. And whether you're a working professional looking to level up, an aspiring entrepreneur, or simply curious about the stories of women who are making a difference, this podcast is for you. Our guests come from diverse backgrounds and industries, but they all share one thing in common. They've overcome challenges and achieved success through hard work, determination, and a willingness to take risks. They will tell their personal journeys, the lessons they've learned along the way, and the wisdom they've gained. Join me each week as we dive into the experiences and perspectives of extraordinary women and discover the inspiration and motivation you need to achieve your own goals. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisdom of Women. It's Wednesday, and thanks for tuning in. Today, my guest, Laura Enzer, is a fitness or a former fitness expert. She is a uh, performance in the past. She was a dancer, and through a life change disease, She made a shift and reinvented herself. Today, she is a reinvention coach, and she helps women reinvent their life. But she didn't just wake up one morning to be a reinvention coach. It was those lessons that she's learned and the wisdom she gained along the way that helps her to support women like you to get to where they want to be and be passionate and reinvent their life for themselves. Laura, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit or tell the audience a little bit about your past because you've had some hurdles along the way. There is a <laughs> timeline there. Yes, I do have a timeline. Oh, um, so, you know, like a lot of women, you know, raising a family, I, you know, got married young and lived a very exciting life. I tried to keep my fitness career alive. Um, but I had a husband who, you know, would get offered jobs that would like move us every two or three years. Right. So I was never really in one place long enough to like establish deep friendships and, you know, all those things. Um, but at the same time, it was exciting life, right? Like we lived overseas. Uh, we had three different stints um, in Singapore and Shanghai and Luxembourg, Europe. So they were all very different and all very exciting. But, you know, I kept trying to keep my toes into my fitness career. And, you know, while I loved being a mom and it was my job or I took it upon myself to settle us in our new location all the time. So, you can imagine you know, trying to find where our doctor is and where the groceries and especially in a foreign country, you know, there was a lot of time spent settling and yeah. packing when we left. Right. So there was a lot of time spent on that, but you know, all of the travel was amazing. And, and, and I think that's why, you know, I would rationalize to myself that, Okay, well, when when we stop moving, I'll really dig into, you know, my little passion project. You know, I had these ideas of having a little boutique gym and what I was going to do with creative dance. And I would be doodling the logo and, you know, I'd be dreaming of this. Right. But I always had to, like, put my dreams on the shelf 
you know? And I chose to do that, right? Because I was kind of tied as a mom, right? I, I wanted to be influencing my daughter and, you know, helping her grow and get comfortable and find friends and the whole thing. So, you know, I don't, when I look back, I wouldn't have done it any other way. But, you know, as I approach midlife, so we moved 12 times in 18 years. Wow. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> Here I moved once since my kids were born and I thought, <laughs> I'll never do that again. I cannot yeah. imagine. And you're and right. It's, it's, your, it's you looking for the doctors and the, mm-hmm. checking out the schools and getting them situated and settled and making sure their mental and emotional health is good and ready to go to college. And you have one daughter, correct? Just one. That's one. one. Yeah. 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 And and by the 12th move, um, she was in college. Okay. So it was kind of that time where I'm like, oh, okay, I can get into my stuff. And, you know, I, but, but to, to back up two steps, I also, for the last decade, from, I was 50 when I, um, you know, when we did the last move. And for the last decade, I was having mysterious symptoms come up, right? And I would go to the doctor and um, say, hey, I'm not feeling optimal, what's going on? But I still looked like I was a picture of health, right? Because I, you know, I had come from doing physique contests and, you know, I was a trainer and I did classes and I, I was, you know, I really focused on that. So no, no doctor believed me as, you know, they're kind of like, okay, we have a cuckoo hypochondriac here. And so I kind of got pushed through, you know, shoved around. And every time we moved, I had to, you know, find another doctor. And then they told me, you know, they give me a little something and, it never really worked. So by the time I got back to the States and my daughter was in college, um, I found this doctor who, funny enough, gave me thyroid medication. Like, you know, <laughs> for 10 years, I thought I was crazy. I needed thyroid. Wow. <laughs> right. And, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, it's, it's that feeling of, you know, you get tired by the end of the day. You, you're, you can't push through like you used to. And I was always, um, I pushed hard, right? Like I was superwoman, And, you know, I did all these things and taught four classes and, you know, took Haley to dance and I did all of it. But I was struggling. And I was, you know, while I did go to the doctors and they were pushing me aside, when I came back to Michigan, was kind of the hub we always came back to. I found this doctor that gave me thyroid medication and then balanced my hormones. Which <laughs> is important. Yes. Yes. But, you know, when I was in Europe, they weren't really, we were trying, but it was kind of in a different way. And um, I all of a sudden like bounced right back. Um, within three months, I, I felt, you know, I was doing these cycle classes, right? And I got an opportunity to become a cycle star, you know, they call it, at this place. And I started training. And now I had lost a couple years being overseas because I could never work. You know, I didn't have a green card or whatever to work there. So I didn't realize that how much mind uh, practice being a fitness instructor was. Like when I'm in front of 30 people, I'm saying 
one thing, doing another, projecting eight counts ahead, right? Like there's a lot. I know when, when I'm in a cycle class, I can barely breathe, not fall off the bike and maintain myself, much less have to think about an eight count. What am I turning the bike to next? What's the next beat and the song and trying to speak? Like I'm gasping for breath. And remembering all of it. And so I started to have, it was really shocking because all of a sudden I wasn't able to like retrieve information. I'm like, I forgot the routine. And so I'm, you know, I, this was when we're practicing and I was like really scared that my brain wasn't functioning right. I didn't understand what was going on, but eventually I got it and I worked hard for three months and the instructor's like, you're ready to go up there, you know? And they wanted me to be part of their team because at 50, they're like, you can keep up with the 25 year olds. You're going to inspire others, you know, to do this. So I was excited and I loved these people I was gonna work for. And to me, it was my dream job, right? Like I could see that this is how I'm gonna be happy. I mean, I only would do it part-time, right? Like it's not, it's not a eight hour day job. Yeah. Right. And um, right at that time, my husband decides, you know, we were with a big company before that moved us around. He decided that he wants to leave the big company and try something completely new, um, which would mean moving us to Arizona. And of course, I'm like, um, I don't want to do that. I love what I'm doing. I'm healthy. I'm on top of my game. I have time to recover my career because it was really important to me, you know, to, to achieve a certain level. And, um, but at the end of the day, what happened is that, you know, I had to come grips with, well, I wasn't making the big bucks. Right. I mean, and then all these thoughts in my head was, who am I to, you know, hold him back from, you know, support, you know, creating this big career for him and his new adventure. And after all, he's doing this so we can have a better life. You know, like all this talk goes in my head. And then, you know, I kind of refer to it as I cave in. And let me just say that that 12th move was probably the straw that broke the camel's back for me because I was such, uh, all my life, I've always been, like I told you, a superwoman, a supportive wife, you know, the mom, the, um, the indispensable employee, right? Like if somebody needed me to run back in and teach the four o'clock class, I'd be there, right? And I would love to hear the owner say, I don't know what I'd do without you, Laura, right? Like I loved that I could come through for everyone, right? So you know, leading up to we land here and, you know, I've, I've got, you know, I love my house. We're redoing the kitchen and all of a sudden out of nowhere, I have an anxiety. I'm like having anxiety attacks. I don't know what's going on. Um, everyone thinks my husband's like, settle down. It'll get done. You know, like I'm being a little too powerful here and demanding and all of that. And I don't, I don't understand it. And you know, I go to a doctor, they take me off my thyroid, which causes another huge metabolic storm in my body, which ensues in a diagnosis of Lyme disease. Oh my. Which, you know, I knew the symptoms were really bad when I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. 
because of brain fog wouldn't allow me to like see my way to the kitchen, <laughs> like, you know, and then the joint pain. And it, it was just, it was things like, um, it was this, this, they call it heavy leg syndrome. So like when I was walking outside and I would do a little walk run, it would be like my legs were just heavy and they're like tons of weight. And then the, my knees were slipping out of joint, like everything was going wrong. So, you know, when I got the diagnosis, it was like, okay, so wait a minute, I can't do anything that I used to do, like nothing, like I couldn't even walk. Like he, you know, my knees would fall out of place. So, you know, whatever walking I had to do was in my house, you know, from room, one room or the other. And I was kind of, I guess you would say, well, first angry, right? And I would be like, why me? Like, I'm the healthiest person I know. How, how is this happening to me? And I, I kind of would look up at God and be like, um, I'm a good person. Like, what did I do to offend you? <laughs> you know, and I really was, I lost faith. I mean, I completely lost faith. Like, I, I don't understand this. And the sicker I got, because once you start treating Lyme disease, it's this thing where you have to feel worse before you feel better. It's not like when you're treating another like uh, a flu and you get antibiotics and then, you know, you get progressively better. It doesn't work like that with Lyme disease because you've got toxin dumping going on in your body, which causes you to feel worse. So it was all about, my focus was all about learning how to live with this thing, right? How to live with this new um, body that I have that was atrophying and I was kind of getting depressed and I would think that it was more anger than depression, you know? Um, and once I realized that my attitude was not, I mean, I'm new in the area. How am I meeting friends now? Right. I'm, right. I'm sick. And well, your, your daughter's at college. So now you actually have time. Right. And now I can't utilize it. I mean, I did right in the beginning. And I, of course, I made friends with all the instructors before I got sick. And then all of a sudden I'm missing at the gym for a year, you know, and I slowly find my way back. But I am I am by no means at any level that I was, you know, for the first, I don't know, five years. And, um, you know, I think I call it having pity parties. I would have daily pity parties. Uh, you know, everything would be like, eh, I don't want to do that. My husband was like, is date night over for good? Like, is that ever happening again? And, you know, because clothes didn't fit. I didn't, you know, I didn't feel like myself. I I was meeting all the wrong people, right? Like, because I wasn't myself, right? And yeah. And so I was really in a bad spot. And I finally came to grips with, okay, it's affecting my relationships. It's affecting my ability. My mindset is right. Cause my mindset was hopeless and helpless. Like what does my future look like? And I couldn't see it. And it was this like moment where I'm like, I think I finally have to admit that I don't know how to change this. Like, because I was somebody who could do everything, right? Like I, if you I were, didn't know you were wonder woman. Yeah. And if I didn't know something, I'd rather suffer in silence and ask. That's, that's, that's the person I was, right? Like, cause I always figured things out. And so this was a really crunchy time for me. It felt so foreign. It felt, I, you know, and so I reached out, I knew of, um, 
this uh, thought leader, uh, Debbie Ford, you know, she's um, no longer living, but her program was already in place. And, you know, I reached out to one of her coaches. It was called Breakthrough Shadow Coaching. After just, you know, the 12-week the session, all of a sudden I'm like, wow, okay, all of a sudden I see it's all here. It's all in my head. <laughs> you know, everything that I am struggling with is in my head. I, you know, I mean, I had to come to grips with accepting my situation. And that was probably the biggest realization for me. Like, stop fighting it. Stop fighting it, Laura. Stop wishing and wanting everything should be different. Stop wishing that you didn't have this. Stop being mad at at you know, people around you for living this, you know, they could do all these things because I would in comparison, right? Oh, oh yeah, they can go hike. Oh yeah, they don't even know what it's like to not be able to do that. Right. And I had all yeah. this. It was, it was like I didn't know that person. And so I became something I didn't know. And I, that's when the coaching just really started to crack me open and open my eyes. And then I just jumped into the um the Institute and started taking classes. So about a year and a half. And they're like, why don't you just stay and take the, um, <laughs> you know, the teaching practicum and all that, you might as well. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a coach, you know, like I was doing it all for myself. Once I did that portion of it. And then I, you know, I got myself through it. I'm like, okay, I can really help people with this, you know, like, ah, this like changed my life. So, um, but lo and behold, Sherry, you're not going to believe it because, you know, transformation comes to us in layers, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I get, I got the layers I needed to like get unstuck and then start to move forward. But when I went through my, um, coaching, you know, the, the test, of course I wanted it to pass it and be like, perfect. Right. An old habit. Old perfectionistic habit, right? Was it wore me down? And you know what? I got Epstein Barr virus, and I slept for a year after I got that coaching certification. Oh my! <laughs> so nothing really happened. Um, although I would say, with the new mindset work that I that I had done all that time, it helped me take care about better, better care of myself, right? And that's where, like, well, I call myself a self care hype queen. Right. Because, you know, or hype girl, um, because, you know, this Lyme disease taught me how to, you know, take better care. Like all those signals that I wasn't listening to my body before when it was telling me, you know, are you exhausted? You know, um, I mean, I was tuning into that things weren't right, but then I still pushed through because I didn't get that feedback from doctors that would tell me, you know, it was something was wrong. Right. So I, I didn't even believe myself. And, um, you know, I started coaching, uh, opened up business, but it was very slow, you know, because I still was on my healing path. Right. Like I, I had a long way to go and I didn't realize I had a long way to go. Right. Like I thought, Oh, I was living the best life. What happened? And, um, so many things, popped up that I'm like, oh, that's why I do that. Ah. And so I just really got hooked. I joined another certification program 
And it just changed my life. Like, again, like, Two, three, another layer, another layer, and another layer. And so I feel like I have accumulated all of this, you know, knowledge and experience because I've even put myself through it, right? Um, to help other women in, in all facets, right? In, di in different ways. Um, so that's how I came to be a coach. And I, I feel like I don't even look back and go, oh, um, I want to be a fitness instructor. I don't, I don't. I don't want to be a fitness instructor anymore. Like, I'm like, it was good. It was good then. And I, I really like what I'm doing now. I feel very, um, you know, on purpose, you know, that, that I'm doing something worthwhile. So I think sometimes when you can look back at previous experience, it's either jobs you've had or you as a dancer, right? Different experiences you've had in life, they build on each other. And there's lessons learned in each experience that then puts you in a path to where when it's time and the, and the right piece of that timeline, right? Mm -hmm. For you, it was once my daughter is at college. <laughs> right. That was and, the mark. Yeah. Right? And my job of being that mom and moving around for my husband, that final move, that it, it sets you up for where you're supposed to be today. And if it wasn't for those experiences, mm -hmm. you wouldn't have the knowledge and the understanding of what it takes to pull yourself out of some of those situations and circumstances and know when to step back to yeah. look at your mindset of what's, what's wrong right now because it's not it, – it doesn't feel right. And mm -hmm. you know, some, even the discussions with your doctors, if you hadn't pushed and been an advocate for yourself, we talked about this in a previous podcast for breast mm -hmm. cancer. There's so many women that self-diagnose, like they, they find the lump on them, themselves through yeah. self-exam. They go to the doctor and they're like, no, I need to have this checked out. Mm -hmm. And if it's not for that woman pressing to have it done and not being brushed off or just discounting of, oh, I'll wait until my next exam or, oh, it's probably nothing. It's just a cyst that mm -hmm. they're diagnosed. Yeah. So if you hadn't pushed to seek out medical attention, that Lyme's mm -hmm. disease would not have been diagnosed when it had. Right. And, and, and quite to learn how to deal with it before it got even more progressively out of hand. Mm -hmm. Because Lyme's disease is very hard, very hard on one's body. Yeah, yeah. As what and 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 it's it's the longer it's in your body is that like the deeper entrenched it gets. And so, I just put it in remission this year. That's right? fabulous. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. So I'm experiencing a whole new level of health, and you know my my brain is on fire. You know, mm -hmm. writing things and all you know all of that. And so I feel like. It's almost like my true launching, you know, I had so much, I thought like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go. But, you know, it was only one layer of my health. And until it kind of went in remission, then I could really fully see what I was left with. But, you know, you're so right, Sherry. I even had to like, when I wasn't happy with, uh, you know, let's say one doctor um, that I'm working with, I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? I'm not getting any better. We just staying on the same protocol and I would do my research. And then I found, you know, this very, um, 
unique treatment that I did for the last three years, you know, um, quite an investment, <laughs> you know, in time and money, but um, it worked. And I felt like, you know, I did have, I did experience remission like year five because I told the doctor up my thyroid, up my thyroid, you know, like I, I was, they don't know what your body feels. Correct. Like. No doctor does. You have to like keep communicating. And so we did that. And all of a sudden I was in remission, but my mistake that I made once my, went into remission on its own was that I lived life like it was gone. And I was playing tennis and going to the gym and going on vacations and, you know, maybe having a couple drinks and, and drinking and lime is not, you yeah. know, it's not a very good mix. And it all came back. And I was devastated. So I've spent the last five years working to get rid of it. Right. So it's been a total of 20 years and inside of me wow. and undiagnosed and 10 treating it. And, you know, I guess the, when I look at like what has saved me in times when I feel like, cause I could, I could get kind of, um, I mean, I could get angry all the things that I can't still do. Right. Because I haven't built up to it, but you know, I always check in with myself, right? Like it's, it's a self-connection thing and it's a daily practice. And if I don't have my quiet time to either do a journaling or what I like to do is take a meditative walk and where I'm not, I don't have my phone. I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything and I'm just allowing my brain to relax, right? It's just taking in scenery, la la la. And it's so freeing because anything that I was struggling with, like the day before or whatever, some the solution will pop into my head, right? Like it's like magic. It just freed up some space and I, it just always seems to work that way for me. So that helps me through a lot, just staying in connection with myself and listening to my body. If it says, Laura, you know, no, you're not going to take that hike on the mountain today. Like my husband would like more than anything for me to go hiking with him. And I try it every once in a while. And then I'm like, oh, God, I'm like down for a week after that, you know. So I have mm -hmm. to, I'm still not able to go on a hike yet. I've been walking around four miles now and starting to do weights. So that's, um, you know, but it's like, it's in layers. I had to be patient, right? Because everything couldn't come at the same time. I couldn't have my transformation and my body and my health and my, you know. Right. Just yeah. And when you talk about mindset, it's, we are in such a busy, fast paced society that's pings from everywhere. And it's, it's that mindset and being intentional about slowing down. Mm -hmm. And with you, it's that quiet time outside with a walk. For some, it might be journaling. For some, it might be yoga. For some, it might be breathing exercises and meditation. But it's taking that time. And it's for women, it's about listening to our intuition. You know, that gut, that voice you hear in your head that you brush off so mm -hmm. many times because you're like, 
am I hearing things? Like, did that just say, don't do that or slow down or, or, you know, don't do this, or we need to do this instead. And you brush it off and then you brush it off again. And then believe it or not, it will keep coming back until it's screaming at you or your body lets you know. And, and then you're have to face it head on to get you through to the next phase of your life. Yes. You know, I like to say it's that your voice of intuition is how I like to, to see it and to, you know, connect with it is that it's that soft whisper. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be loud. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, it's that soft whisper that you have to really listen to. The louder voices are those, oh, don't do that. Something bad could happen. Oh, um, mm, that couldn't work. That's not going to work out. You know, the doubt, the, those are loud voices. Yeah. Those are like, Stop your inner that. critic is always going to be loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard to kind of, you know, sort that out. And, you know, it's kind of like why I really like the style of coaching that I practice with women is because it's kind of foundational. It's foundational to living that life you want to live, right? I mean, we all say those words, live the life you want to live. But how many of us can say we are living exactly the life we want to live, you know? And I knew that even when I was still living a good life, right? Raising a great family, having exciting things, was I living my life or was I living my family's life, right? Like, so I was living for my family, which I, again, nobody's going to do anything different, right? We weren't going to look back and say I would do anything different. But here we find ourselves splat in midlife, right? Mm-hmm. Without a playbook, you know, like, okay, how do we navigate? You know, no one hands you that. And, you know, I usually find that it's in midlife where all your limiting beliefs start to fail you, right? Like they may have worked for you, you know, as you were raising kids and all of that, they may have kept you safe, kept you from, you know, getting in something you didn't want to, but all of a sudden you're trying to like create, recreate yourself. And then you still have these blocks you keep bumping up against. And I hear a lot from women. They're like, you know, I, I read the books. I listen to everything. I, you know, I attend these classes, you know, these free workshops and, you know, all this. And, you know, but it's implementation. And that's why I find like one-on-one work for women who are, who've tried everything is a game changer. It is. Yeah. And there's a certain level, like right now I can benefit quite a lot, like in a group program, because then I love, I love hearing other people's comments and all that. But I think when women start out, you know, in this venture of like, oh gosh, I think I got to wave the white flag, you know, (laughs) I need help, right? Um, That it's more of a private experience to begin with, right? And and you're not sure of where it's going to go or how, what you're going to learn or, you know, um, and I mean, for, for me, um, you know, one of the strongest things that I learned um, that changed a lot for me was, it was, it was a, about forgiveness. And um, I didn't realize I was holding on to, to bad feelings all these years, right? Because I just pushed it down. Like, okay, well, you know, and it was about my mother too, right? Wow. So I, 
I had felt like my father died when I was young, four, and my mom was in grief, right? She had five kids and no real skills. And, but I'm four, I don't understand all of that. Right. So I was kind of lost in the shuffle and I was, you know, because I had a good, you know, I was kind of a good natured child. I was quiet. You know, I wasn't, um, I was left alone a lot. And, you know, in the sixties, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, that, you know, maybe my mom left me at home and went and got her hair done. Yeah. You know, and I remember walking two miles myself to try and get to the hair salon. And then oh I, right. I mean, and, but then I couldn't cross the four lane highway. So then I turned back and ran home and I never told her, you know, I never told her that I did that, but I was, I was, um, I think it's where I developed my creativity. So when I look for things that were not so good in my life, there was a good component that happened also it was I was left to my own creative, I was like living in my creative mind. I had, I didn't have a lot of toys. I think I had a Raggedy Ann doll, a handkerchief, and I don't know what else, like, you know, um, until my mom remarried. But you see, there was a lot of fear and abandonment after my dad died. And I, 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 had, I didn't have, I had to work through that too. But with my mom, the forgiveness component was, I kind of held it against her for feeling like I was neglected you know, but I thought, mm. but then I kind of said in my brain, not in my heart, my brain starts saying, well, she lost her husband too, you know? And so, yeah, she did the best she could. And we can rationalize everything yeah. and make it all right. But not until I forgave her here, as I went through this, this whole process, um, that I'm actually going to, you know, I, I offer people, um, did it just crack my heart open. And I did not know that that was a missing puzzle piece to just like really unleashing me. Right. It, like it was, it was something I didn't even know was weighing me down until I discovered it. So that's like what I like to say about, you know, in the, in the reinvention coaching, you know, we find all that gold that's in the dark you know, and you have to, you don't sit there and live in the trauma or the drama, but we find the gold piece and we bring it back and we, we refashion it, right? We reshape the situation. And and I've learned so much about myself that without that understanding, I can understand why people have a hard time making change happen in their life, right? Because you don't understand what you're changing. You know, it's kind of like you don't know where the root of it is. And that's what that's what the reinvention coaching will help with. Yeah. And and some people mm-hmm. just have a hard time with change. You say the word change and all of a sudden they have a negative connotation in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, they they struggle with change. They struggle with uncertainty because that's what change is. You're changing to something else and that's uncertain. So sometimes that's not safe. And mm-hmm. they they stick in what's known and fight that change until it hits a point where you're feeling it and you know you've got to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that's where transformation happens. Mm-hmm. And there's- Outside the comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. There is joy in- 
reinventing yourself because you're never too old. You could be 30, you could be 40, you could be 50, and still there's plenty of years left in your life to make some of those shifts to reinvent yourself into that person you'd always dreamed of being or Mm -hmm. that passion project you always had deep inside that it's time to come out. I mean, ladies, you've got one life. (laughs) We all have, we're all given one, right? You got one. And it's, we need to be living it as if we've got to get the message out. Our voice needs to be heard. It's what our purpose is. Like it's time to live your purpose and find your passion in life so Mm. that there's joy and there's happiness. What are a few, two to three tips that women can sit back and either think about or an exercise they can do that would answer some questions to know whether or not your reinvention course is the course for them, tidbits that they can implement today Um, And then they can go and seek out more information. Okay. Well, you know, number one, that, you know, to sit down and write down, what are the stories you're telling yourself? You know, what's the story you're telling yourself why you're stuck and why you can't change? You know, what's the story about, you know, how you got to this point and, you know, all the whole story about it, you know, who are you pointing fingers at? Is is somebody to blame? You know, and all that, the whole kind of sit there and write down your scenario because identifying something is the first step. You can't change something unless you don't identify it. Um, So I always find that. And I do offer uh, in my reinvention guide, which I give away for free, it's in the, I think it'll be in the notes. We'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, I walk you through that exercise and complete. Okay, great. Um, yeah. And, um, and then there's two other, um, the story you tell yourself and, um, you know, asking yourself, what do I want? What do I need? How do I feel? And that should guide your answer. When we start people start feeling that it's selfish, right? Oh, what do you mean? I'm not going to ask other people what they want. It's not about not asking people what they want or, you know, doing nice things for people, but it's about giving yourself the same priority as you give others, right? So it's like not, not, um, because when I look back at, if I had asked myself those questions, I would have had a whole different answers. Right. But I, you know, I'd be like, well, you know, you know, I I was I I would call myself the main dream maker of the family. Right. I was helping everybody else, you know, oh, my daughter to get in that school and her in her dance classes and my husband here. And so I was making it all make every everything work. But, you know. I was keeping my fitness career kind of in and out and in and out, but everyone's happier and happiest when all the players in a, in a group, let's say a family. And, mm-hmm. you know, now when I, um, I had somebody tell me once, she goes, I don't, I don't mean to be offensive or anything, but like, I kind of admire it, but you see, you, you're, you're, you can be kind of selfish. 
And um, I was kind of like, I'm not offended by that. <laughs> Oddly enough, I'm not offended. Well, because I've done a lot of work around it too. And there's, there's, there's a lot of things that I do in the coaching and the reasons why I can own being selfish because healthy selfishness is required, mm -hmm. you know, for us women to start thriving. And so it's not offensive to me anymore, but in my past, if someone ever said that to me, oh, I would, oh, I would hate that. I would hate it. And I would be like, oh my God, you know, I, I'd have to overgive. <laughs> because you always saw yourself as a giving person. Mm -hmm. You know, you would be the one to pick up that 4.30 class when someone needed to teach it. You would be the one to set the family up when you moved. You would be the one. And it's all of a sudden you're taking that control back to yourself for what's needed for you to thrive. And I think yeah, that's, that's what we all need to learn as women. Yeah. And that's probably what a lot of you know, when people are feeling stuck, you know, whatever it is, it's, if it's life after divorce or it's the health challenge, or you, you know, you injured your foot and now you can't do walking or play pickleball or whatever you enjoyed. So, you know, relationships are different. You're having difficulty when things start changing like that. It's like, bring it back to you where you people's immediate tendency is, Oh, they're causing me this stress. That's a problem for me. You know, it's an outer looking at the problem. Instead, it's like, bring it back to you and what can you do and how can you start to help yourself? And when you start making choices that are in alignment with all the things you say you want, yeah. that's when you start to experience more like, you know, oh, I'm comfortable in my own skin. Oh, I like to wake up every morning. Oh, I'm managing my life. You know, it's yeah. like when we stray away from that, that's where all of the angst and the frustration and the, you know, the feeling like you're not, you're not where you're supposed to be. It's yeah. all because you're not asking yourself those questions. <laughs> and I think as women, we need to learn no is a complete sentence. Yeah. 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 Because it's when we're saying yes to all of the things around us mm -hmm. that we lose sight. Like if XYZ is causing us stress, guess what? Try not to do that, right? <laughs> if you can avoid not doing 12 things when the kids get off school because your life is frazzled and you're stressed in the evenings. I didn't do 12 things when I was growing up and I turned out okay. Um, right. So it's okay. You know, mm -hmm. find another way to do it. Carpool with other moms so that way you can take the weight off of somebody else and they can take it off you every other night. So that way you're, you're, the stress becomes less. It's. Yeah. I find that it's... We look for the external to blame, like you said, but we're not looking so much at ourselves of, well, why are, why are we doing or around mm -hmm. um, or put ourselves in those situations? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I mean, I was almost forced to like look at healthy selfishness from Lyme disease, right? Because I had to, I had to stick to my protocol. I had to do, you know, I had to take all the the tinctures that I had lined up and all my supplements and, you know, make all the appointments and de-stress. And I, I was forced to do things that I would never have taken a nap my whole life, my whole adult life, like a nap, who naps, you know, <laughs> that's how I thought about it. Well, you know, I probably could have used a couple naps <laughs> or a couple, <laughs> couple quiet times there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that unfortunately a lot of times to, to realize that 
you know, maybe you do need support, it does come to a, a head with things, right? It comes to a point of frustration and then it feeds on itself, right? So you become cyclical in your thoughts and that's when, you know, I always say to women, like, that's kind of the sign, like, you know, release yourself, ask for help because you're going to stay in that longer than you need to. Yeah. How, <laughs> how can women reach out to you for help? What What's your course look like? When is the start date? Is it online? Is it in person? Tell us a little bit about how that help okay. can come from you. Sure. Um, well, yeah, I'm booking for, you know, in January right now because taking a vacation, yeah. checking out with a holiday. And, uh, but I'm also, I don't know, I'm hoping it's coming out in the next two weeks. I'm just about, you know, doing the finishing touches. I have a mini course that I created and it's, it's meant for that woman who's like, I'm not sure if coaching would help me. I mean, I'm not sure. And, you know, maybe they don't know me so well. And it's a, it's a, you know, an introductory kind of price. And it's uh, like a three module. I've got videos, worksheets and audio lessons in it. And it's the same. It's exactly what I experienced that gave me my first layer of relief. Yeah. And so that's how I, why I created the class and I call it the power of, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> and it, you know, it's, it's kind of like that moment where I had to admit, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And there's a lot that starts to change once you finally, you know, get to that point. And there's a lot of women in that I don't know face mm -hmm. because we hit a point in our life where it's a shift. We can feel it, especially at midlife mm -hmm. because you have kids who aren't toddlers anymore that may not need, need you on their, on your hip. And then you've got, or you, then you've got teenagers in the house that are kind of independent, but you're still running them around. And then they start driving, so they need you less and less. <laughs> um, you know, some of us are are refinding our marriage again um, because we've been running around with kids, and now we're empty nesters when the kids go off to college, and you're reforming that relationship. Right. We might have been in corporate America and looking to leave, or an entrepreneur, but we've all hit that spot where we're like. I don't know what's next, but right. I know what I'm doing today isn't working. Yes, yes, and what and what I provide in like reinvention is my first um, first program, and it's an eight week course, and one on one over Zoom. So you know we see each other, um, and it will be it will probably I think everyone has always said to me. It was more than I thought I was going to get out of it. I mean, that's what everyone, they come in with one problem and we, we do make sure that pro that problem is addressed. Right? right. But there's so many different layers of the reasons. And, you know, we hit on boundaries and all these different uh, self-love and self-worth and all of those things play into the one situation. And so you come away with having a real life problem that you've, had to work through from different angles. So that's why I think it's such a valuable um, course. And then I do offer follow-up. I have a whole course on worthy coaching. It's kind of based on your net worth equals your self-worth. Mm -hmm. So it kind of plays on that. And it's, it's another 
layer of life changing stuff. And then a whole uh, 14 week boundary coaching um, program, wow. which, you know, we, we like, we work up to learning how to create these boundaries that stick, that you can uphold. Because a lot of times boundaries really are the key to getting what you want in life. So, you know, and and we do cover in reinvention, you know, those aspects, but it's, um, we go deeper into boundaries, like in a whole, you know, a whole different way. So I've got uh, lots of other things. I'm also a trained uh, hypnotherapist. So wow, (laughs) I just got this year and I haven't really, um, you know, I, I was doing some, um, just free, just to practice. And, um, I'm excited to use it because I think I can help like some women that um, may have some really stubborn beliefs that they can't seem to shift. Like they know, they understand and they see, but they keep repeating. I think it's going to be valuable for me to, you know, offer. That uh, is huge with mindset. Huge. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. mindset really is the starting point. You've got to get your mindset in the right direction and some inner critics quiet down so that way you can clear your mind to know what you're supposed to be doing and where you're supposed to be heading right. and listening to that 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 intuition that that mm-hmm. quiet voice that you can't hear through everything else that's yeah that's loud. it's like clear the noise first and i yeah. think you know when you meet one on one with someone each week you're also you're held accountable you know mm-hmm. i've got a workbook that you know, we work through during the session and then there's also a companion book for it to help them through the week. And, you know, it's just, it's really um, comprehensive and you stick with it, right? Because yeah. most people like, you know, you, you have good intentions, you, you know, start and then you stop. I mean, it's the story of everybody who, you know, had good intentions, right? Well, especially as we go into a new year. There's so many people that start the new year with the best of intentions, Mm-hmm. But if there's no accountability and no one holding you to it, and yeah. there's no work scheduled time that it that's when you work on it, right? Mm-hmm. Having a a coaching call, it's scheduled, right? And that's the yeah. time for you to work on what you've set yourself up to start in the new year. And it's that accountability yeah. and the work of diving into it. And I think a lot of times we find once you start and that momentum is going, I, I can't tell you the lot, first time I ever hired a coach, I I thought to myself, why am I hiring a coach? <laughs> yeah, um, I think everybody does. You know, it was like, what have I done? I just spent money on mm-hmm. someone to help me with X, Y, Z. And am I crazy? Can I not just do this on my own? Right. And I can 150% attest to you get where you want to go that much faster and quicker with a coach by your side mm-hmm. for whatever it is you're looking to do. We hire coaches for our kids mm-hmm. for right. sports and music and everything else. Um, athletes hire them for performance athletes. Athletes have hired coaches for visualization and mindset. Why are we putting <laughs> ourselves in a bucket of who am I to hire a coach? It is the right. perfect thing to help you reinvent your life and find where that passion and purpose reside. Right. Right. Cause yeah. where do you start? And that's where it, that's where it's laid out for you. And then, yeah. you know, my job and, and I'm not, I'm not an advice giver, right? Like it's all about the person and, and then building up their self-love, self-trust, all of that. So they can make 
the best decisions for themselves in their lives. So it's really an empowering um, result. But I, I live over on LinkedIn. So uh, Lorenz or coaching, um, they can find me there. And um, that's where I do most of my posting, although I'm on Instagram as well. Um, but yeah, the, I think if you're, if you're interested in kind of getting the wheels turning, um, my reinvention guide really explains like what, what we would be talking about, what we would be diving into, um, and then give you some actual exercises that you could kind of start to uncover. Yeah. Perfect. So I will make sure all of that is linked in the show notes. I think in the back of my mind, talking about Lyme's disease, my my aunt who's passed away from brain cancer lived with Lyme's disease. Oh, and wow. it was until she got a hold of it and found the right doctor to help her deal with it. It is a very crippling disease. Um, and even little things I would know would trigger for her. You know, we couldn't do, she couldn't do sun in the beach, right? So some vacation. Right, you could have sensitivities. Correct. Mm-hmm. But we just knew. I think that would be a fabulous podcast to have you back on. Let's just mm-hmm. dig into Lyme's disease and some of the lessons learned and help that you saw it and, um, you know, the things that worked. Um, but yeah, so reinvention everyone looking at your life and understanding where your your light and your passion is and your passion project to because it's never too late and so I'll make sure everything yeah. is linked in the show yeah. notes because yeah. Laura is filled with wisdom <laughs> and hurdles she's overcome and some fabulous lessons so I'm positive she's going to be a great resource for that thank you, you have questions before we finish are Do you ready? I- do I have questions or no? I've got a few for you. Oh, Are you ready for me? Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> How do you motivate yourself? Oh, I have always done. I've always been a self motivator. I, um, I, pl- I, I already like know what my day is going to be. Um, I've stopped planning every single moment at nauseum because that was something that kind of you know would create that monkey mind. Um, but I still hold on to that very disciplined kind of, uh, scheduled life. Mm -hmm. And I give myself a lot of like, I could, on some days I will even say, I'm not working that whole afternoon and I'm taking the whole afternoon off. Like I take off chunks of time Good and I, I try and just put my coaching in mm, two and a half days. You know, I try and fit it all in. So I have a lot more flexibility. Um, Yeah. Yeah, good for you. What are you most proud of? The fact that I not only just survived, because I feel like I was surviving my young life, but that I I began to thrive in ways that felt like it was surviving. But when I look back at it, I'm really proud of the choices I made right? Like I could have gone a lot of different ways. I see a lot of different angles that my siblings, you know, roads they Uh took. And I'm really happy about the decisions I made, whether they were good or bad at the time. I mean, bad is relative, right? Like it wasn't, there's always, there's always a lesson in some of the bad may have been like I caved in or whatever, but again, like we were saying earlier, I wouldn't have 
you know, you I wouldn't, you I, I feel like, I feel like I've made really good choices and that's what I'm proud of. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give your 20 year old self? Ooh, 20 year old self. Oh, I would have told her she was good enough in her dance career. Mm. I would have told her, stop worrying about it because, you know, I went to dance school only with two years of dance. I, I started wow. dancing a junior in, in high school and my instructors, I didn't know what I was good at until then. And my instructor says, you have to do this. Choreography was my thing. Like I can wow. see things and put it together, but I arrived to my um, dance school and there's eight of us that made it into this, you know, and I, I did get a scholarship at another school, but I didn't attend that school because I liked this bigger school better. And I look at these girls that have been dancing since they were four. And I remember one of the girls danced in the movie Fame, and I was just, like, I, I said to myself, how am I here? How am I here? And so I danced with the company for four years, but I always felt that I had to work harder. So my 20-year-old self, I would say, relax, you've got this. Because I always felt I wasn't as good because I didn't have all that training, right? Yeah. I was just athletic was, you know, my thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have probably, you know, calmed down, enjoyed it more, right? Because it was very, it's a lot of, um, it was a lot of work. Like, I mean, I wouldn't get home till 11 o'clock at night, rehearsals and I mean, constant, yeah. constantly be at the studio. Um, and I think I would have had more fun. So yeah. I, wish I, I wish I knew I was good enough in what I, whatever I produced, whether it was choreography or my performance. Yeah. Last and final question. Mm -hmm. What brings Laura joy? A cozy night by the fire, talking with my husband about things that we're going to do in the future and trips we might take and what we might want to tinker around in our house and change. And it's just very simple. It's yeah. always if we don't talk about those things, then I feel like I'm just kind of in a stagnant place, you know. So I always like to talk about I love refreshing my home. I love all those things. And that keeps me kind of vibrant and excited about my life. That's awesome. Thanks so much, Laura, for your time, for joining us, for sharing your wisdom. Until you. the next episode. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to Wisdom of Women. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and gained some valuable insights and inspiration. How to connect with me and our guest today as well as any links can be found in the show notes. Please share this episode with your friends. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review as it helps us reach more women like you who are seeking to learn from successful women leaders. Stay curious, stay hungry, and always push forward. We'll be back next week with another amazing guest. Until then, keep chasing your dreams and we'll see you next time on Wisdom of Women.